This is the Doubles Only Tennis Podcast, where you learn the best tips and strategies in the world to help you become a smarter, more effective tennis player. You'll hear interviews with pro tour doubles players and coaches, including easy-to-use lessons to improve your game and win more matches. My name is Will Bocek, founder of the Tennis Tribe, doubles strategy coach, and host of the show. In this episode, you're going to hear from a number of former podcast guests. So what we've done is taken a a compilation of the clips from previous episodes where uh, if you've been listening to the, the podcast for a while, you know at the end of each episode when I have a guest on, I ask them, how can we make doubles more popular? How can we grow professional doubles? And uh, we've taken clips from each of those episodes. We've consolidated it into this episode. Uh, and in between guests, I will do a brief intro so that you know who you're about to hear. Uh, this is being released on the first day of Indian Wells, March 9th, 2022. Uh, and it's part of our big Watch More Doubles campaign that we're going to be running all tournament long. Uh, the first guest you're going to hear from is Gabby Dabrowski, who's helping out with this campaign. Uh, on Wednesday and Thursday, we've got 14 WTA doubles players who are going to be wearing our Watch More Doubles t-shirts. Uh, they're going to be posting it on social media. Uh, we're going to be posting it on social media. Uh, and if you're a fan and you want to support pro doubles players, all of the profits go to uh, supporting and helping to grow professional doubles. And you can get yours at shop.thetennistribe.com. Uh, or you can just go to our, our homepage and we'll have a link for you there as well. Um, we're also uh, getting a blog post together on how to grow doubles with even more guests um, and expert opinions than you'll hear today on the podcast. Um, so this is really a, a big time during Indian Wells, which is one of the best doubles tournaments in the world. They always have a big crowd. A lot of stars play doubles at that tournament. Um, so this is a big week for us um, to help grow and uh, support pro doubles players. So um, without further ado, the like I said, the first uh, guest here you're going to hear from is Gabby Dabrowski. Uh, I chatted with her uh, back in 2020. She was one of our first guests on the podcast, and she was on the WTA Players Council. So what you'll hear from her is a few initiatives that they had proposed for 2020 before the pandemic started. Uh, and then you'll also hear um, what she thinks that fans can do to help grow and support pro doubles. Yeah, I mean, we wanted to get closer to the fans. We wanted people to hear our stories, get to know us. We wanted to do some doubles clinics we wanted to interact with the sponsors more. We wanted to have a media day where the media can get involved with us as doubles players, whether that's on court or off. Um, we wanted to do some filming, do some like tips and tricks for doubles, like from doubles players to the yeah. fans who play doubles, stuff like that. Yeah. I would imagine that would do super well. Um, just well, we like, were hoping, I was hoping because that's the thing is those sorts of initiatives gain enough popularity, then I can say we deserve more prize money. But until right. we gain the popularity, I cannot argue for that, you know? Right. So, <laughs> yeah, I think you're thinking about it the right way though. The, um, the thing you said earlier where like somebody gets to know you and then they go watch you. So, yeah. so I, I grew up in, uh, in Memphis and we had a, Memphis, Tennessee, and we had a tournament there. Um, yeah. I don't know how big it was, like a 250 maybe or something. 250, um, I think. Yeah, I played there. And uh, yeah, and I like, I ball boyed for it growing up when I was younger. Yeah. And we had this kids day and the Bryans always showed up and like, and this was early in their career, probably like 2000. Right. Um, and everybody always watched, uh, and, and they still do, but everybody always watched the doubles matches. Um, with the Bryans because they always showed up to kids day and all the kids just loved it. Like they made, they made it entertaining and all this stuff. And I can totally see that working like at any tournament, you know, if, if y'all got out there and um, not only gave tips and things like that, but have the kids out on the court and play and just call yep. it like a doubles day or something like that. that that's definitely. definitely a really yeah. good idea. The U S open has had like a kid's double day the last two years. And I think it's been mm -hmm. a good turnout. Like the kids seem to have a lot of fun and 
our personalities were, were able to come out, joke with the kids, stuff like that. So that was nice. Sure. You know? Yeah. And then the kids just saying, all I want to do is, is you know, go watch Gabby play doubles. So <laughs> I think that would definitely work. What can we do? So, so the audience is mostly, um, uh, mostly club level players, probably, you know, three Oh up to like four or five. So, you know, they're not super competitive, but they play a lot of tennis. They love watching. Um, what can we do to support doubles more? Um, it, these are mostly doubles players that, that, that we're talking to here. Um, and I totally agree. It's, it's an untapped market. Like you said, um, it's what most people play at the recreational level. So what can we do um, to support more? Well, I mean, if you want to try to get your voice heard, you can always write to the WTA, the ATP, the ITF, uh, the slams, you know, you write to those governing bodies and then they start to listen. If there's enough Mm -hmm. people that are saying it. Um, I think like I have people say it to me all the time. Um, but you know, just coming from me as one person is not enough. Like if double still is not getting enough exposure within the next year or so, like probably we'll need to start some petitions or something like that. Try to just gain awareness. Um, I would also say not just write to the governing bodies, but also to broadcasters in your country, in your area, whatever it is, like in Canada, it would be like TSN or Sportsnet and say, Hey, we want to see more doubles on TV. And the more messages like that they get when they go and negotiate new deals and they can negotiate to have more doubles on TV. But right now, all the people in those sorts of positions of power don't think that doubles is that valuable. So they have no reason to show it more. So we Mm -hmm. need to show them that there's a reason. And then, you know, the, the sort of tennis economy will follow what the market wants. Right. And I think also the more you start showing something, the more it can gain popularity because a lot of people that are not tennis fans, but just watch tennis, they watch what you tell them to watch in a way too, you know, and, and so you have sort of two sides there, the tennis fan that, knows who they want to watch and knows what they're watching for. Um, Yeah. Even writing like to the tennis channel or even to commentators and being like, you know, we need commentators that when a doubles match is shown, they're knowledgeable enough to break down the things that are going on on court so they can show doubles in the best light and, and, you know, know the players enough to tell our stories because I find a lot, there are times when commentators maybe aren't as knowledgeable about doubles and it's a general sort of commentary, which is fine. But I think for like the serious tennis fan that is really looking for that type of um, content, then you need to get more specific and, and they'll learn something really from, from watching those matches. So next you'll hear from another WTA player, Alexa Guarachi. Uh, she was in the WTA finals Last year, I think she reached uh, the top 15 in terms of her ranking, Uh, and I chatted with her uh, at Indian Wells during World Team Tennis um, from the Indian Wells Tennis Garden, so you'll hear a little background noise in this one. Um, She has a a much more concise short answer because we were kind of pressed for time, Um, but we uh, we chatted in uh, November of 2021, um, and here is her answer uh, on how we can grow uh, doubles. You know, yeah. I think if we can get more TV coverage mm-hmm. with it, because I just feel like um, maybe even with the tennis channel, they put a lot of the big singles matches on, but the doubles they're not really putting on there, like on the regular tennis channel for, oh, maybe only the finals, you know? And yeah. I feel like a lot of people love to watch. And yeah, maybe if other networks can pick up tennis too, just to get it get it on there and get, get some women's doubles on there. I know it's, it's funny because I feel like not that many people watch women's I think women's doubles you know but I think once they get into it and they start even if they see it in person they're like wow they really can respect what we're doing yeah yeah it's um it's interesting it's kind of like a chicken or the egg problem because like we we want it on tv more but uh there's got to be like the demand but having it on tv creates more demand so it's an interesting um 
uh, interesting problem that, that hopefully we can help solve. Yes, I hope so. It's tough, too, because you're like, well, if singles players play... But, you know, I think some of the younger girls are doing a great job and they're playing. And I think that's drawn some attention, like Coco and McNally, you know, yeah, like yeah. I feel like they've drawn a lot of attention to women's doubles, showing right. how important it is that it, it helps the rest of your game for these singles players. So next you'll hear from Asia Muhammad. Uh, I also talked with her during World Team Tennis. Um, this was actually from the Miramonte uh, Resort. So we were able to chat for a little bit longer. Um, she is a WTA doubles and singles player. Um, and she has a good perspective on uh, what the WTA needs to do to grow doubles, to showcase it a little bit more. Um, and she talks a little bit about uh, some ideas she has for social media as well. You know, I just think the the WTA um, just needs to showcase it more you know i feel people want to want to watch doubles want to mm-hmm. know about the people playing doubles yeah um i just think media wise social media like we're so lucky to have something like that mm-hmm. um and i think it's 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 just a great platform to really you know showcase all of these girls who are doing really well in doubles and i i definitely think it's gotten better but i think they can still you know kind of right do a lot more things with doubles girls with doubles show some plays i mean a lot of people who are playing it's it's doubles yeah you know so it's mostly what they play it's mostly what they're playing so you could even have like shot of the day or this or play or yeah i I just think there's so many things you can you can do um and i'm right like so many people have social media yeah so i think you know you can you can definitely do that or even on um whatever the matches what tv channel they're playing on you can Mm -hmm. kind of have little short clips coming in there and stuff like this is so and so um Mm -hmm. you know this i don't know i just feel like there's there's a A lot of opportunity big opportunity there yeah so next you'll hear from blair henley she is a a tennis media kind of expert slash do everything person um she uh, you've probably heard her if you've ever attended Indian Wells this year. She's going to be on court three doing player announcements, um, getting the crowd going, things like that. She's also a writer. Uh, she does interviews for all sorts of media outlets. Um, she's interviewed Serena, Rafa, Federer, um, all the big names in tennis. Uh, so she knows the sport as well as anyone. Um, this is a little bit longer answer, but she's got a pretty, um, pretty awesome perspective on this because she comes from... Uh, both a media perspective and she knows the players really well. So um, she talks about the tennis uh, governing bodies, the product of doubles, um, how players can build a brand uh, and and things like that. So um, this is uh, definitely one of my favorite answers from Blair. I I Mm -hmm. think that whether it's tournaments or the tennis governing bodies, I feel like they have to trust the product. Uh, Mm -hmm. And we saw like, even at the Australian open, there was perhaps some distrust of the product or that the product could carry itself. Um, And Mm -hmm. I think that in doubles to me, that is key is you have to, before doubles can reach its potential, people have to trust that there is potential to be reached. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Um, And so for me, I think that that, is big. Um, and I don't know, I, I do think it would be huge. Like Jack Sock playing doubles, a great thing for doubles. Nakira's playing mm-hmm. doubles, also a great thing. Uh, there, mm-hmm. you know, the the few, you know, I mean, like the Bryans were a doubles team. That's what they did was doubles, but they were they also sort of understood the the show aspect of it. Right. Right. I would love it if and and some some doubles players do this, but I I just it'd be so great if more doubles players could embrace mm-hmm. making it a show. And and that's easier said than done because if my livelihood was yeah. riding on whether or not I won tennis matches, uh, <laughs> if I felt like something might distract from that, I'd be like, heck no. But I, I do think it can be done. I think it just sort of has to be normalized and encouraged. Um, yeah. And that would take people probably caring more. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, feel, right. I feel like it's like a chicken or That's the egg interesting. thing almost for me. It is. Yeah, I've used that exact same analogy before on previous episodes. Um, yeah. 
Because yeah, do, do you start with, um, you know, Tennis Channel and ESPN and whoever else covering it more, or do you start with the players putting on a better show, creating the demand, then and they get Tennis Channel's attention, uh, and then that creates more demand. You know, so it's it can go both ways. But I, I like the um, the thing you said about uh, how the Bryan brothers knew how to put on a show. That's really good. And and I'm with you on like, if I'm a doubles player, I'm really like, this is my livelihood. So I'm focused. So I'm not going to try to put on a show, but at the same time, if they're able to grow their like personal brand and it helps grow doubles, they'll have a lot more business opportunities through social media endorsements through, you know, whatever else. So I, I think that, I think if some of them start to see that, and I think some of them are, um, and, and one or two of them has like a huge success with it, then the other ones will be like, oh, here's the roadmap. Like, I got to have a personality. I got to be put on a show on the court, uh, grow my social following, and then I'm making more money off the court maybe than I am on the court. That's a great that's a really great point. And yes, I wish more players sort of realized the potential, but that's where I feel like, can it, can there be training? Can there be, mm-hmm. can somebody be sort of like encouraging, like these are like dollars on the table that you could oh, have. Yeah. Um, Liam Brody is a really good example of that to me. He's been playing mm-hmm. almost exclusively challengers and futures for the past several years. And he has built mm-hmm. up, and granted, he comes from a, a market that really cares about its tennis, but he has built up a following. He is very aware of sort of the social landscape in yeah. tennis. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. He has he has a sense of humor. He, I just think that tennis, especially tennis people, they want to have people like that to latch on to. So yes, absolutely. And you can people are just in total control of their own brand today, which for journalists. <laughs> Some some players uh, yeah. like yeah. Say, well, why do I why would I talk to these people when I could have control? Um, on on the flip side, it can be really great for players and and sort of choosing their own destiny as far as as how much money they want to make. Yeah, yeah, it's an interesting topic. And go ahead, Han. Oh, it sounds like we just need Nick Kyrgios to become a double specialist. <laughs> <laughs> I, it might be possible guys. Like I, people would pay him to show up without a doubt. Um, people pay him to show up now and he generally, I shouldn't say generally. (laughs) And many times, I mean, he could just as easily win the tournament as tank a first round match. Like you have no idea what you're going to get. And people are still shelling out big bucks to get him at their tournaments. I think they would still pay him to show up and play doubles for sure. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. And he loves it. He likes the team aspect. I don't, I like, I actually think it's a possibility. Next you'll hear from Caroline Dolahide. She and I caught up at Indian Wells. Um, again, this is going to be a, a pretty short answer. Like Alexa Garachi, we were um, similar to that one. We were kind of strapped for time. Uh, and Caroline, if you're not familiar with her, uh, she is a young 23 uh, year old, U.S. singles and doubles player on the WTA tour. So she's uh, top 200 in singles right now. She's made some runs in the past uh, at several tournaments, and she's been top 100 before. Uh, And currently she is uh, a pretty highly ranked doubles player as well. She's had a lot of success in doubles. So her perspective comes from both um, a singles and doubles um, angle um, on the WTA tour. There's so much attention on singles. Yeah. But everyone loves doubles. Everyone like, plays doubles. Everyone plays doubles. Like, yes. I'm just like an average adult tennis yeah, player. And it's, and yeah, you know, I think um, highlighting the physicality and and being more physical in doubles, mm-hmm. I think, would draw more attention. Okay. Um, what do you mean by that? Because you see you see the singles and you see them run side to side. Like, it's entertaining to watch. Yeah. Yeah. And doubles is so fast. Sometimes, like, guys, like, just serve it out, like... Right. Just being more physical. I don't know how, like, I don't know how, maybe, like, slower surfaces. I don't know. But, like, maybe, like, even doubles-only tournaments. I don't even know. I'm just pulling idea. this out. But I like it. Maybe, like, a doubles-only tournament in, like, a really cool place. And then maybe people will be like, wow, 
Like this is actually like really cool. And this level is super high. Yeah. It's the level that you have to maintain. Right. For yeah. sure. Cause you can get some doubles people that are like, cause a lot of, there are people that play every single week doubles. Yeah. And like, yeah, for sure. You have people like, like me or like Coco who, who don't play doubles every week, right. but who are together, very good together as a team. Right. So yeah, yeah maybe. So maybe we'll do some, some doubles tournaments. Yeah. Doubles only years. tournament. I don't know. We've got to just find a spot, <laughs> like a really good sponsor. Yeah. I've got to make more money and then I'll sponsor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You <laughs> can be one sound? of the sponsors. Yeah. Yeah. We can do it. But that would be exciting for sure. Next, you'll hear from Eric Buterak. Now, Eric comes at this from both a player and kind of a business perspective. So he played on tour uh, from 2003 through uh, 2014, 2015, around there. uh, And he was a doubles specialist. So he had uh, 18 doubles titles on tour. And since then, he's worked kind of on the business side of tennis. Uh, At the time that I talked to him, which was November of 2020, uh, he had just finished up working uh, at the U.S. Open. He was heavily involved in the uh, operations there. Um, and if you remember, the, the 2020 U.S. Open was the first kind of major tournament uh, to come back uh, post-COVID. So we talked a lot about that in that episode. Um, but his answer to how to grow doubles and how to make it more popular uh, is pretty unique because he understands the TV ratings. He understands kind of the, the tournament uh, tournament director side of it, um, as well as the player perspective. So um, it's a much longer answer than some of these other ones, but um, he's got a lot to say about this topic because he understands it from so many different angles. So it's definitely uh, one of my favorite answers for sure. I would play these tournaments, especially in the States, and you'd, you'd, you'd meet with fans and after the match, and they'd be like, why isn't there more doubles on TV? It's so good. It's so good. You know, then, then I got, you know, older and got exposed to people who, you know, have been the CEO of the tennis channel. And I would ask those questions, right? Like, why are you not showing more doubles? And, you know, they, he showed me numbers. Like, here's the viewership when we show doubles. Here's the viewership when we show a replayed, not live singles match. You know, it's like, oh, yeah. wow, there's, there's people, people actually aren't watching it. So, so we got to figure out a way to make the product better, right? And I guess the, the, the quick and easy fix would be to get more stars to play. Like, I do think that when you watch the Laver Cup and you see doubles, when you watch Davis Cup and you see doubles, mm-hmm. when you see these guys like Federer and Nadal against, you know, Sock and Query, like, I, I don't think we're struggling for eyeballs on those matches. You know, right. they're, they're unbelievable, right? When you see a Davis Cup or an Olympics and, and the, biggest, the biggest personalities in, sport, in, in tennis are playing doubles together. I think it's magic, right? They love seeing them interact. Right. So I think one, what can we do to get them to want to play? That would be really, really huge for the, you know, but that would have to be like a whole restructuring of the tour and figuring out a way to make the rankings important, make the, make it financially worth it for them. So that, that's, right. that's the big one from a doubles player perspective. I do think that the collective doubles group needs to do a better job of being understanding that they're there to entertain. Uh, the Bryan brothers were the ultimate example. I mean, I thanked them so many times because not only like they were the tiger woods for people like me, right? Doubles almost got canceled back in like 2005. Um, there was a thing where the ATP was going to move to a singles only tour and the Bryans like helped, you know, pay for a lawsuit and ended up kind of keeping doubles around. So they kept it alive and they set an example for how to entertain, how to sign every autograph, how to high five every fan. Um, you know, they were the ultimate role models for, for how to, you know, carry yourselves on tour and, and build a fan base. Um, right. now without them, I, I worry that there won't be someone there leading the torch. Cause unfortunately there are a number of double players who are out there just like collecting a check and they think yeah. that they are entitled to X number of dollars because they made it the semifinals of a tournament. And then they're not really thinking about it big picture where it's like, okay, you know, the money comes in because fans and sponsors and television pay to, to see this content. And then it's right. distributed through the tournament format. And because you made the semis, that's your share. But it's like, if you're not putting on a good show, if you're not entertaining to watch, if you're not high-fiving that fan or, or signing that autograph afterwards, like that really hurts the, the collective group. So mm-hmm. I would love to see some sort of change in, I don't know how they 
compensate players by, you know, building their brands or, you know, you, 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 sure. you're, 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 yeah, compensated in a way than other than just reaching a certain round. Um, right. You know, golf does an unbelievable job with their pro-ams and that's how they generate yep. so much money. Um, and I know we tried that a little bit of tennis. It doesn't work quite as well, but I was that's one of the guys who helped, you know, but you still have people who will pay a lot of money to be part of the pro-ams. And, and we did it for a few years while I was on tour. And I was one of the leaders of sort of pushing that through, but we had a number of the players who just, they would just no show for the pro-am each week. And we would try to threaten them with different things, but they just, they didn't want to be there. And frankly, if they went, they were bad to have around. So it's like, yeah. you know, they, they, we, we need to do a better job with our sport of, of being engaging, entertaining, putting on an awesome product. Um, you know, I don't know. I, I, I wish it was, I wish the product sold itself um, of doubles. Cause I think it can be fun, but it's not going to sell itself. Right. It's not, if, if, right. if people aren't fun and you know, there's, there are some really great teams out there. Cabal and Farah are really fun to watch, right? They're number one right. in the world. They're sponsored by the same clothing line. They're both from the same country. They play with a ton of energy. Um, you know, they came to the U S open last year in 19 and um, for the finals, I was able to do something because the doubles final is so much earlier than the singles final. I said, hey, if you guys want extra tickets, I can get you basically as many tickets as you want for the, for the doubles match only. And I'll give them to you for free, and we'll just try to fill the lower bowl, right? And I offered yeah. it to the other team as well. And Cabal, I gave him, I think I gave him 500 tickets. And Rob yeah. called me in like an hour. He's like, done, can I get more? You know, and, and if you see the photos from that doubles final, it, there's Colombian soccer jerseys and like and people screaming, going mad. Like, okay, yeah. there's a team who is really like putting out an awesome product, you know, right. and there are a few others out there like that in tour. But unfortunately, if the, if the doubles world was full of eight teams like Cabal Farah, I think you would have a world tour finals that was really electric and amazing and fans wanted to follow. But as players chop and change and new partner every week and, you know, don't really have their own brands, don't engage that much. It's, it's not as easy to get behind Kubat and Mello as it is Cabal and Farah. They don't dress the same. They don't really engage with each other. One's from Poland, one's from Brazil. They're both fine guys, but they're not high energy. They're not, they're not, you know, they're not, they don't bounce around the way Cabal and Farah do. So it's just, it's, it's, it's a tougher product to sell. Yeah. Yeah. It's a complex issue. Um, it's, it's almost, it's kind of like a chicken or the egg problem, right? It's like yeah. we needed a team like the Bryan brothers with more energy and signing more autographs, but we also need like probably some better, you know, branding and, and promotion and stuff mm -hmm. like that. And they kind of go hand in hand. Um, they do. And I even, I used to, I mean, Danny Nestor is a really good friend of mine, right? And people, and people would come watch him play like, Oh my God, that guy's so boring. Kind of, you know, no energy, slumping his shoulders. Daniel Nestor on the practice court is like the funniest guy on tour. He talks yeah. so much trash. He's always in your face. <laughs> he tries to hit you with a high ball. Like it's, I'm like, Danny, man, if you played your matches the way you practiced, like you would be like a hero. Like what, what? He's just like, nah, it's just, it's not me, man. I just, I, huh. this is, you know. Once there's like some money involved, it, it can kind of, yeah. And some people just don't have that gear, right? You can't ask people yeah. to be someone they're not. So it's, it's not, it's not, it's not a totally fair ask of everyone either. Right. Right. Yeah. That makes so, a ton of sense. But I, I had some creative ideas when I was back on the player council that never were able to get through. One was where payer players get like a salary for the week. And so basically a doubles player has to come. If you, if you play on Monday and you lose, you have to come Tuesday and Wednesday and work, like do a pro-am, do a clinic, whatever. And you're like paid half your half your compensation is prize money and the other half is kind of you being at the event and being hands-on at those types of events that was one interesting and then another another one was to basically pull some of the doubles compensation out of every single week and put it in like a year-end um like ranking bonus that was only paid out via teams so like basically if you were that player who was playing with someone new every week you weren't going to be in the top 25 teams at the year end but if you stuck with your partner, like you would get that $50,000 or whatever, that, a, a really big number at the end of the year by yeah. staying the course with your partner. Because I think there's a lot of branding that goes in with putting those two players together. But ultimately, oh. wasn't wasn't able to really get either. But I think those are some of the types of, and those are just two thought starters, right? Sure. But those are the types of ideas that like the structure has to change and then the players have to buy into it as well. Yeah. 
Yeah, because fans are going to root for probably a particular doubles team, right? Like the Bryant yep. brothers or yep. Cabal and Farah. Or, yep. and then the, the thing before that is they need to know these players, right? So getting yep. them to stick around and hang out with fans. And it'll start with the biggest fans, the biggest tennis fans who are going to these tournaments and stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. And then the tennis channel TV stuff would probably uh, ultimately follow that. You know, numbers would start to tick up and things like that. But, but nowadays with social media, it's so easy to start building that. And I tell sure. some of those guys in challengers even like, guys, you got to be posting and, and tagging the yeah. tournament and the tournament will tag you back and you pick up 10 followers here and 20 at the next and 30 at the next and that gets rolling. And, you, and you know, right. everyone's got a story, right? I told you a bit about mine. I'm the kid who played D3 from Minnesota and I'm kind of a doubles geek and, you know, I also like yeah. the business side of the sport. That, that's, my, that's my story, right? Someone sure. else might be the party guy. Someone else might be the, you know, Hunter Reese. He's, he loves going on hikes. He's a vegan. He's got all kinds of the cool, like, you know, sure. he's a really deep thinker. He's got tattoos. He's all, you know, like, but like yeah. put that out there, like, you know, sell your story. So, you know, when you yeah. do make it to 50, 60 in the world, like you've got a following and people want right. to engage with you because social makes it much more easy, but there's still work that, you know, the athlete has to put in to kind of get right. that ball rolling. Look at a guy like Nick, Nick Monroe. He's always posting. He's always out there. Now the guy's commentating on the tennis channel while he's playing on tour. He's charismatic. He's a good speaker. He's yeah, got he's a cool a story. Job. He's doing a great yeah. job. And what a great commentator, right? He knows these guys. He played with Tommy Paul at Roland Garros and he's commentating on his match the next week. Like it's, you right. know, it's great content. Right. He, he's yeah, doing it so yeah that's it's amazing yeah it, it, if the fans could like get to know them on a little bit deeper kind of personal level like i mean i would be you know if i learned that some doubles player was like super into hiking and camping and stuff like that's something i'm into so like i would probably get behind that and like go watch yeah. them next time at, at a tournament and yeah stuff like that so and i, I um, tried I, I should have leaned on the d3 angle even more right think about how yeah. many d3 tennis players are out there and yeah. every tournament I would go to in the States, I would have people come up and introduce themselves and say, oh, my coach told, you know, your story to us at the beginning of the season. And like, yeah. I, you know, and I did lean on that, but like, I could have leaned on them more, you know, that was, sure. you know, and really had that be like my people. Next, you'll hear from Gigi Fernandez. Gigi is one of the best doubles players of all times. Uh, she won 17 Grand Slams in doubles uh, when she was on tour. Uh, And since then, she has worked um, in a variety of ways in the tennis industry. Uh, Now she has her own website and and does a lot of uh, coaching for club-level players like you. So uh, if you're into the strategy episodes, it's one of the best ones that we've done. Um, But she has a a take on how to grow doubles, and talks about the fans speaking out, talks about um, a doubles experiment that the WTA did several years back and gets into some of the TV ratings as well. I think it'll, ta- it'll take the fans speaking out, you know, and really uh, demanding, like, more coverage. Uh, you know, I mean, it's interesting because if if you ask most people that are watching – you know, tennis at a tournament, what do they play? They play doubles. Mm-hmm. They don't play singles, right? So, um, and, you know, the uh, networks won't show it yet. A couple of years ago, they did an experiment where I think it was for the month of October, they, they played doubles matches. They played like all doubles matches mm-hmm. from random, you know, tournaments in Europe and their ratings were through the roof. Really? Yet, Who did this? yes. I know it's a little known secret because I actually talked to the WTA about letting me have access to those doubles matches so that, so that I could play them. I have a, another website called doubles.tv where it's where all my um, products are, my, my, all my kind of informational or instructional products. And I wanted to put those matches in there that were commentated. So I would commentate the match for, for the viewer kind of going through what I thought was wrong and right. Um, and they shared that with me and it's like, so then what happened was the broadcasters will not release it because now they think it's valuable, but they, but they won't play it because there's not enough airtime. And it's like, they'd rather play some, you know, 500,000 satellite in the middle of nowhere than play a 
you know, quarterfinals of a tier one event, which I don't get. Yeah. So, I mean, if you keep complaining to tennis channels, you know, just keep complaining, keep complaining, yeah. keep complaining, and eventually they'll show it more. Yeah, I'm, I'm working on that. I'm trying to yeah troops and uh, yeah. do that. <laughs> it's hard. This experiment, was it the WTA that did yeah. the doubles thing? Yep, the WTA. Okay. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So it's in, I think, October of 2018 was when they did it. Yeah. So Yeah, it would be so easy to set something like that up on Devils TV or the WTA right. site or whatever. and just. But then it was like, forget it, because then legal got involved and like there's all this broadcasting rights and uh, this and that. So the, the people with the rights wouldn't release them because they then realized that it was valuable. and But then no one really wanted to pay for it. So it, it, um, right. So it's just sitting in a vault somewhere. Next, you'll hear from Jorge Capistani. I chatted with him during the 2021 U.S. Open, and he has a, a coach's perspective on how to grow doubles. So he, he's been in the industry a long time. He's one of the top coaches uh, really in the world. He's USPTA and PTR elite certified, which uh, only a handful of people in the world can say that. Um, but he talks about uh, getting more airtime for doubles. He talks about how doubles... Um, has some of the best points. Um, we refer to the 2021 U.S. Open, which, like I said, uh, we're in the middle of that. Um, and then he talks about a, a tournament idea as well. I think it's popular. Um, you know, the problem is it doesn't get airtime nearly as much, right? And we know mm-hmm. the, the stats. We know that, you know, people don't tune into that as much as they tune into singles. But we also know that the vast majority of people watching play doubles more more doubles players uh, yeah. at my club for sure. And in most clubs. So I think back in the day when they were about to kill it and the Bryan brothers kind of revived it and they went to, you know, they changed a bunch of the rules. Like, Hey, it's not going to be three sets. We're going to play a tiebreaker. Um, I, I honestly think that whenever doubles is on TV, I, I enjoy watching it. And I think mm-hmm. I like watching now if I had to pick a doubles match, or Rafa's playing on grandstand, I'm probably going to go watch Rafa because it's, it's Rafa. But I think step one would be to give it more airtime. Um, mm-hmm. It's some of the best points. I mean, there's more yeah, it is. Nas during doubles points than there are during singles. Although the current U.S. Open is doing pretty darn good. It's, it's Yeah, they are. Some amazing tennis there. But I think that's the number one issue. Um, you know, some of the singles players, I don't think you're ever going to get all the top singles players playing doubles, which would help. You know, if you yeah, start Rafa and Federer and Zarev and T and everybody's playing doubles, well, they, they're an attraction. But they get so much more money for singles that it's not economically smart for them to spend more time in the court. I'm going to do my yeah. five better here at the Open. I got to get recovering. I can't be playing doubles, you know. So I think mm-hmm. that's a problem. I don't think that problem is going to be fixed. So you're left with, you know, the, the best, most famous players not playing doubles for the most part at most tournaments, especially this mm-hmm. land. Um, so I think the TV time, I don't think any more rule changes are necessary. I don't, you know, I think I didn't love it when they went to a tiebreaker for the third, but I get yeah. it. Um, I think, you know, it's probably just as important. Um, I wouldn't change mm-hmm. that necessarily. I think it didn't help. Um, and I do think that there was a dominant team like the Bryan brothers that was a little more helpful. Now it's not quite so dominant, <clears throat> you know, so it's a yeah. little different. Um, there's not a quote unquote famous double. I mean, Bryan brothers were almost a household name. Right. Um, I'm not sure I could tell you who the number one seed is right now at the men's doubles or the women's doubles at the open. Yeah. But I knew the Bryan brothers. So I think, you know, maybe if there was another dominant um, team, you know, the other thing that I think would be cool, and it might get the top players to play, if there was an occasional, even if it's once or twice a year, just doubles only tournament, like a doubles yeah. tournament. Like Fed and Rafa and Novak, they're not, if they're trying to win a, a slam, that's the only thing they care about. Um, and they got to play five sets. They're not going to take an extra ounce of energy to play doubles. But yeah. if it even have to play singles, if it was just doubles um, and there was nothing but doubles, and then maybe they would play. Uh, that would be kind of cool uh, and yeah. give it like some kind of grand slam or big time prize money so that those top guys play. And I think mm-hmm. it would be cool. Next, you'll hear probably the most entertaining answer to the question of how to grow doubles. Um, you're going to hear from Luke Jensen and he 
he won a he won the French Open back in the '90s with his brother Murphy. Uh, he's one of the top doubles players of all time. He's a coach now, and I chatted with him at World Team Tennis, where he was coaching the New York Empire. And he is a huge, huge advocate of doubles. He's one of the biggest personalities in our sport, uh, and he has some very uh, kind of counterintuitive uh, things that he would like to see changed in tennis. So he talks about getting rid of the uh, the five set matches at Grand Slams. He talks about getting rid of singles and doubles rankings and creating a tennis ranking. Um, he talks about why. Uh, Martina Navratilova was the greatest player of all time, and Federer and Nadal and Djokovic and Serena shouldn't even be in the conversation. So he's got some pretty uh, extreme views, but he backs them up, um, and I definitely agree with a lot of them. Um, so uh, he um, he discusses a lot of rule changes that he thinks would benefit doubles. So um, enjoy uh, this little segment with Luke Jensen. Think of where does doubles come in? You gotta believe in it. Right. I believe in it. The Bryan brothers believe in it. Wayne Bryan, who saved doubles after we were done, believes in it. And World Team Tennis, obviously, Billy Jean King believes in it. But where do you put it in importance and find where you gotta get your best players? Like here at Indian Wells, why is it so much fun? Because Rafa plays doubles, mm-hmm. Rogers played doubles. You put your best players out there for the game of tennis. So instead of a singles ranking and a doubles ranking, why don't we have a tennis ranking? Who's the best tennis player in the world? Yeah. And pound by pound, if you really want to talk about goats, everybody, Martina Navratilova is the greatest tennis player mm-hmm. of all time. She played all the events. Yeah. 49 years old. She wins her 59th major yeah. in mixed doubles. She Singles, doubles, and mixed. She played with Bob Ryan, one, in, uh-huh. one at the U.S. Open. Yeah. Hands down. So stop talking about who's got 20 and who's got 23. Yeah. The girls got, yeah, 59 (laughs) majors. Now, Margaret Court, in a different era, has 62. Mm -hmm. But Navratilova covered five decades, Mm -hmm. won a ton of Grand Slams, won a ton of World Team Tennis titles, and I played against her, and that girl could play. She could play from the baseline to the net, lefty, of course, Mm -hmm. and was just so fearless and fun. And to me, that's... If you really want to take this game to the next level, we got to look as far as who's the best tennis player. That includes doubles and mix mm-hmm. instead of who's the best singles player. So where, where would we – this seems like a, a good 20-year vision mm-hmm. you have, right, to make doubles uh, um, more popular mm-hmm. and give it kind of – maybe not – I don't know if it'll ever, ever be equal to singles, mm-hmm. but, you know, get – well, that's a, that's a problem right there. I mean, Just even thinking yeah. that we can't even get there. Yeah. We can't even have a conversation with saying it's impossible. We're in the impossible business. So what do we, st- what do we start with like over the next year? Well, let's, let's just say, well, if I have to be grand poobah first, okay. you've got to give me grand powers to okay, rule the it. whole thing. You've got it so right now. And I want to say 99 or 2000, early, mm-hmm. early 2000s, there was a conversation on the, on the tour. That said, okay, how we move the ball forward in tennis is grandfathering in an aging um, Pete Sampras, an aging Andre Agassi, mm-hmm. grandfathering in all these players that have played under this one system. Mm-hmm. And then moving forward, anybody that is coming onto the tour moving forward, so that would have been Rafa, Djokovic, all now I think Roger was already on the tour at that point. He was just a, maybe a rookie. But um if you play singles, you have to play doubles. Mm-hmm. Now, the next big key is the hurdle that we got to get over and through. If I'm Grand Poobah, no best of five anymore. Mm-hmm. Best of three sets. Because so, you're playing two events. Two events. Yeah. I love pressure, so I like no ad. So if you're really giving me ultimate mm-hmm. powers, okay. I completely change the, the – the, I give it a facelift. A complete makeover because pressure is what people tune into mm-hmm. when it's a three all point deciding, you know, four all in the tiebreaker, the old school tiebreaker. Yeah. So if you can't handle pressure, you can't be on the tour. I mean, the, the golf, you got to win your card to get on the tour. Right. So that talking about pressure, you get one chance to get on the tour. If you don't do it, see you next year. So to me, we play two out of three sets at the majors, mm-hmm. but you have to play two. Of the three events, mm-hmm. you can play mixed if you want, or you can play doubles, mm-hmm. but you have to play. 
we don't do the singles ranking anymore. We have a tennis ranking. And you get in on that ranking. And all your results, yeah. singles and doubles mix, spill into that. So if you lose first round, you're Roger Federer. I'm still in, in the yeah. mix. Yeah. I can still affect my tennis ranking that gets me in the final finals. Yeah, that makes sense. So, so we could, uh, on your, under your system, we could have a number one player in the world who doesn't even play singles. Well, you, it would be tough because if the points were divided up equally. Uh, okay. And the whole thing about equal prize money, I yeah. say that's, that's Bush League because the doubles only gets 20%, if not less, of the action yeah. on the men's tour. And then they split that with their partner. Yeah. I'm saying you are equal across the board. You get the same amount of prize money in doubles and mix as yeah. you do in singles per round. Now you're saying to the, the Mackie McDonald's, this makes sense. Yeah. The, the Marco Girones, this makes sense to play doubles. Mm -hmm. Money, points, ranking, instead of just staying on that one side. If you equal out all the points, you can't be dominant in one division mm -hmm. and still be number one. You have to balance it out. Remember, right. the NBA plays 82 regular season games. And the NFL, I'm sorry, the Major League Baseball plays 162. Mm -hmm. Their stars are playing all of them. Big thing in the NBA, if if these guys want to take off, people get upset. I want to see LeBron James. Yeah. I want to see Kobe Bryant play. People want to see their stars on the court, whether it's singles, doubles, or mix. And Indian Wells has proven out to be they pack it out every single time. Yeah, it's a great tournament. So, so under your system, we've got you have to play two out of three events. We've got two out of three sets. We have no eight, ad. No ad. We play have the eight tennis ranking. Yeah. Um, two out of three sets, seven point tiebreaker. It's six no, all. Well, first, a five point. First to five, but oh, win first by to five, one. Win by one. Okay. So we're taking a lot from world team tennis. Oh, yeah. World team tennis here. Yeah. And I think that should be in college. I think we should scrap what we have in college now mm -hmm. and make this on one court instead of six courts. Mm -hmm. And so you'll have exactly what we have. We can be truly a co-gender mm. sport at the NC2A level. Mm. And you can put in basketball arenas, volleyball courts and stuff yeah. and pack it, put bands in there and everything. And now you have men's singles, women's singles, men's doubles, and it's all done in two and a half hours. Yeah. So you, you cut it all out. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. It's a lot of fun. It makes makes a ton of sense. But you've nominated me as Grand Poobah, and I'm enjoying this. <laughs> well, hopefully we can make it happen in reality, too. Yeah. <laughs> the next podcast guest you'll hear from is Mark Lucero. Mark is an ATP uh, singles coach, actually, for Steve Johnson right now. He used to work with Shelby Rogers as well. Uh, so he comes at this from kind of a singles perspective, and he uh, he has some interesting ideas on uh, actually reducing the number of players per tournament. So he is a proponent of the round-robin format. So uh, check out his answer to how do we make doubles more popular. Scheduling is one way, I think, incentivizing the top singles guys to play doubles because you know yeah. you, you think about the tournaments that do that well like in Indian Wells you, you see that there's huge crowds when those top players yeah. play doubles um, yeah. I think that you know and I think even in the shorter term like I think if you can figure out a way to market doubles better like market the personalities like tennis I think does a pretty bad job of you know I think of making people aware like your yeah. average sports fan aware of what's going on yeah, yeah telling the stories I wonder if you think about the you know, I'm sure you've seen the NASCAR documentary, not the NASCAR, too, yeah, the Formula One show on yeah, Netflix, for tennis which now. they're doing on tennis. But, yeah. um, you know, I don't even like motor racing, but I like yeah. learning about people. Yeah. And, and now I'm, like, into it, you know what I mean? Right. Um, same thing, like, I was watching the Tom Brady show last night, like, the man in the arena. I don't really like Tom Brady, yeah. but watching him for 30 minutes, like, just talk about what he's feeling and thinking. Yeah. Like, make, oh, man, I'm pretty interested in this guy, you know? Yeah, you have to be. So tennis, I think, is the same way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think uh, when I asked Eric uh, Buterak that question, I think he, he was the one who talked a lot about uh, stories. He was yeah. like, we need to have stories around the players and like get to know the players better because um, everybody knows you know Nadal's personality and yeah. knows like Medvedev's personality, and but in doubles like they don't. Um, the thing so, about tennis that's so, so hard is like you know a lot of times like at least half the draw, the people here are only going to see once. You know what I mean? So if there yeah. was a way for people to see players more often 
when they're there. Like I, I've always thought, like, I mean, I think tennis is saturated with players. I think there should be fewer. Honestly, like, I think there should be fewer players, mm. and the format should be round robin for singles and doubles. Mm. Because how, like, you know, if you're, you know, you you have a family, three kids, like, whatever. The kids love tennis. Yeah. You want to buy tickets to come see Jensen Brooks because you guys saw him play on TV during the Open. Yeah. When's Jensen Brooks going to play? I, I don't yeah, know. you have no idea. So, uh, what are fans supposed to do? Like, but, oh, and, and then he might lose first round. Yeah, exactly. And they might. Yeah, exactly. It's, so, like, it's interesting. You know, and it's just you know, kids have school and you have work and blah blah blah. Yeah. Like, oh, I want to buy tickets for Friday night. Like, you know, seven o'clock. Like, you know, quarterfinal is going to be expensive. Like, right. okay, who are we going to see? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe yeah, some no. qual- maybe a lucky loser comes through because like you know, two guys were tired oh, or something. I, I think that's one that. of the biggest things really like that good, yeah. tennis has a problem with. You know, right? Because yeah, in other sports, like if I want to go watch the Mavericks game, and like, yeah, you can look at the schedule and know where they're going to be in six LeBron. months. Yeah. Like oh, the <laughs> yeah. Lakers are coming to town in March. Like yeah, I'll just buy a ticket now. That's, yeah, that's interesting. That's yeah. a good way to put it. Um, yeah, I, I've not thought about that. So more like round robin tournaments, maybe like eight or that's what I think. Some I mean, pools with like a semifinal and final, yeah. like the, the ATP final does. Yeah, it's just hard because then it's fewer jobs and you know, like yeah, it's, tough. it's tough. But uh, that's what I think because tennis is so star driven and you know, if you want to have personalities, like yeah, people need to be familiar with who they're seeing. You know, yeah, there's no perfect solution. And you could do all. the same thing for doubles. Yeah, I think. Yeah. But yeah, that's my uh, that's my thing. Awesome. One of my big things. I also think there should be world team tennis after the U.S. Open. So and no Asian swing at yeah, that part of the year. It can be a different part of the year. No I China. Do, I do like the uh, the two week format they have with world team tennis. Yeah. Now, though. I mean, COVID kind of forced that, but I think it rejuvenated in one location. I think it's bit. great. Yeah. yeah. Was, the thing is, like, last year. the thing is, like, after the U.S. Open, there's such like there's just like this like crescendo of media attention, right? Yeah. Like, you know, in the U.S. certainly because U.S. Open is a huge story. It's New York. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, like, you know, people are like, oh, there's still tennis. Like, yeah. Oh, like they're playing in Tokyo in the middle of the night, or yeah. oh, they're playing in freaking Wuhan or Shanghai, like in the middle of the night. Like, why are you know? Is this relevant? Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, so I think that part of the year, like, I think tennis should end around the U.S. Open. And you can have world team tennis in the U.S. Like, I bet it'll get media attention. Next, you'll hear from Nick Monroe. Nick lives in Austin, Texas, and he is a top 100 ATP doubles player. He has uh, several titles on tour. He's been on tour for a while, and he's also a a TV analyst for Tennis Channel. So he plays in some tournaments and then he he does uh, some commentating as well. Um, and he, uh, like I said, he's been on tour for a while, so he has um, a lot of knowledge as far as doubles goes and how the tour works. Um, so check out his answer on how to grow doubles. People love watching doubles. I mean, people go to U.S. Open or Indian Wells or Miami and whatever, and, and they go to a lot of the outer courts and watch the doubles because it's so fast. And the format is the format right now is great. You know, it's very quick, no ad scoring, ten point tiebreaker, so you don't have the long matches that that the ATP was having, the three hour matches that were then affecting the time of singles matches. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, we just need to get it on tv more you know because people want mm-hmm. to watch it people want to engage with the doubles players and it, because that's what people play at an older age right so yeah um so it's more about just yeah getting it getting it on air letting letting people watch it you know and 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 watch the athleticism because when people actually are at a tournament that's what they want to see so why not show it on tv a little bit more next you're going to hear from nico Pereira. This episode was recorded in November 2021 during World Team Tennis. Uh, Nico is currently a TV commentator uh, for Tennis Channel, among other uh, media outlets, and he is a former professional tennis player as well. He was top 100 in singles, uh, top 50 in doubles, Um, so he's been around the game a long time, uh, and his answer uh, has to do with kind of following the money. Um, so uh, check out his uh, answer here. Doubles? Get more money in doubles. And, uh, How do we do and, that? And um, get better players in terms of get the singles players involved yeah. in the doubles, you know? 
it's difficult because mm -hmm. the, the big movement in the tournament side to have less doubles because those players cost a lot of money to the to the tournament. So so it's a tricky one, mm -hmm. you know. But I think money is the key. The more money you put, the more people you you'll see playing doubles. And uh, right now, that just does not look very likely. Yeah. So so how do we get more singles players playing doubles then? I mean we. Um, obviously, if we increase the prize money for these doubles tournaments, that would help. But uh, it's kind of like a chicken or the egg problem. Exactly. We can't we can't just increase the money if if we don't know it's. Well, in the '90s, the doubles guys, uh, Mark Knowles and, and, and Nestor and those, mm -hmm. they did a great job. Yeah. In uh, in getting the prize money to go from eighty percent singles to seventy percent, so it, it, it broke. It broke 70% singles, 30% doubles, and that got a lot of players making a living off doubles. That was yeah. a, the big breakthrough. But uh, it, it looks highly unlikely that, that ATP, WTA will go 60 or 65% yeah. singles and the rest in doubles. The big push is for the singles, and that's what sells the tickets, and that's yeah. what is uh, uh, watched on TV. No, I think it's a, it's a tricky situation, but to make it more enticing, you need big personalities. That's what sells, and the big personalities are the better known ones, and, and are the ones that are more on on the TV. You you see very little doubles on on TV. Right. So I think that that could be a way to to get it back in the and be it more mainstream. You know, to show a little bit more more doubles on TV. Have it. In the in the streaming service you know, on, on the tennis channel streaming or or the the podcast uh, uh, advertise it a bit more. Yeah, I think that's the only way to go. Next, you'll hear from Peter Lebedevs. Peter is the tournament director at the Dallas Open. Uh, he's also formerly the tournament director at the New York Open, uh, as well as the Memphis Open, which uh, I was a ball kid for um, when I was growing up. And Peter's also a coach of several players uh, inside the top uh, 1,000, so a, a few lower-ranked uh, players. Um, so he's got a coach's perspective, a tournament director perspective, uh, and a few uh, ideas that you haven't heard yet on how to grow doubles. You know, it's the most played game uh, on the amateur level, yeah. uh, but it's never watched on TV. I think, honestly, what makes people love it, and well, I shouldn't say, I think people do love it. Um, mm -hmm. We just don't watch it on TV, and, the, you know, the TV is all about ratings. Um, if you have the big guys play it, back in the days when doubles was great, you know, John McEnroe's playing doubles. Yeah. Um, those guys are playing doubles and singles, and, you know, Mark Woodford and Todd Woodbridge, those guys were great singles players as well. Um, I think that's an aspect of, if those guys played more of it, like when Roger and Rafa play, I'll watch the doubles yeah. because the stars are playing. They may not be playing pure conventional, but from a pro level, if that happened more, I think we'd get more into it. Um, because right now, unfortunately, if you said the top 10 doubles players, there's very few people in the world, and myself included, I couldn't name all top 10 doubles guys. And, you know, yeah. one of them is a former... University of Memphis guy, Joe Salisbury. I mean, I, I know him obviously really great and, and Rajiv Ram and, and right. that, but I, I think that, you know, we need the bigger guys to play it because, you know, you and I both know you walk out on the, on the social courts and it's all of its doubles. Everybody loves to play doubles, but they just, they just don't watch it. And that's, mm -hmm. you know, I, 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 I don't know what else to say, but, you know, we were told one time by the TV guys, if there's a Williams, a Federer or an Nadal playing in a doubles match, they want to cover it. Because that's when yeah. people keep the TV, they keep the um, TVs tuned to it. So, hmm. so, so, how can we get more more of the stars playing it? I mean, I, this is not like something that's going to happen in probably the next five years. But, but if we're thinking about like a twenty year timeline, like what kind of baby steps uh, well, can we take? Are you seeing more of them playing it just simply because of the the rules that you can use your singles ranking to get in? Yeah, um, but that look, helps. the hard part is the physicality of it all. I mean, you know, mm -hmm. John McEnroe's singles and doubles finals of a Grand Slam back in the days when the you know they were three out of five in doubles. They loved the mm -hmm. game. The game has become so um, high tech 
And so, you know, these guys are trained like F1 racing cars now that, yeah. um, you know, they, they'll play a match and they've got, you know, the massage therapist, the low down, they're just harder to fit it in. So I think right. maybe if there was more prize money, but at the same time, so that's the chicken before the egg because, yeah. you know, the, so I honestly don't necessarily have a great answer for how to do that. I mean, I, I, you know, the one thing I will say actually play more mixed and all of mm-hmm. the combined yeah. events, if you play mixed, that's what's more fun. Yeah. I think Indian Wells in Miami, if they, you know, played mixed doubles and featured it where the, where the better players, not better players, that's wrong. Cause they're all great players, but the, uh, higher profile players played it. Yeah. I mean, I'd watch it. I mean, I, I enjoy yeah. watching because it's also at a speed that I can relate to a little bit better. You know, sometimes right. when those guys up at the net and the speed they're hitting the ball, it's hard to relate to it. And so mixed yeah. double, you, you can relate, you can see the angles develop a little bit more and, and that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Yeah. That's my answer. More, more mixed doubles. The next guest you'll hear from is Rajiv Ram. Rajiv is one of the top men's doubles players in the world right now. Uh, He won the 2020 Australian Open. He won the U.S. Open a couple years back, and uh, he is still uh, in the top five. I think he's ranked number four now. Uh, This episode was recorded uh, during the 2021 Australian Open from his hotel room, he was on a hard quarantine where he couldn't leave his hotel room, uh, so we recorded a podcast episode. His internet is a little bit uh, spotty, so um, the audio uh, is not um, fantastic, but we did the best we could to edit it. Uh, and he um, he talks about how doubles players are more approachable. He talks about prize money. He talks about marketing. Uh, as well as player branding and story. So he's got a great answer uh, for you here as well. If you equal out the prize money a little bit more from singles and doubles, I think perhaps then you know, the doubles would, would get a little bit more validation. But chances of that happening are, are really slim. Um, I, think, uh, I think a bit more uh, you know, time on big courts and, and, and whatnot, um, a bit, a bit better marketing from our tour could, could also be a, a big thing and, and making it so where doubles guys, cause I mean, people are, are, are attracted. And I think people, people are drawn to stories, right? So if you know, Hey, listen, this is this guy's deal. This is where he came from. This is what he's done. And, you know, and, and if it's, if it's sort of made a bit more personal as opposed to just sort of like an opening act to singles, but you actually, you actually learn about the people that are involved a little bit and you, and you kind of, make the guys and girls that are playing doubles uh, a bit more uh, in the spotlight, if you will. I think that can really help. Um, I think that's sort of, uh, that's sort of the, the, the direction that I would take um, first and foremost, if I was, if I was uh, in charge of that is making the players uh, making, making their stories known a bit more. And so that they're, they're actually looked for by the fans at these tournaments. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, Kind of what I'm trying to do through this podcast, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, no, absolutely, and we we all certainly appreciate. There. Yeah, we all certainly appreciate it because I think that's a big um, proponent to it. You know, I think it's because I think there's a lot of doubles guys who have really cool stories to tell, and they've made careers for themselves in sport when they they wouldn't in singles, and they've made a niche for themselves. And then the other thing is that doubles is what's played by you know, so many recreational players that it it seems like that would be a natural connection that a lot of fans would have with pro tennis. Next, you'll hear from Rick Leach. Rick has won nine Grand Slams in men's and mixed doubles. Uh, He's now a coach. Um, He played uh, back in the 80s and 90s and uh, is one of the top uh, American doubles players of all time. Um, I caught up with Rick at World Team Tennis in 2021 when uh, he was coaching the Orange County Breakers, and they went on to win uh, the World Team Tennis title. Uh, that year, and he um, talks about how getting bigger names in the doubles draws will help grow doubles. It's sad that the Bryan brothers are gone because they were great ambassadors for the game. Yeah, um, I think um, you know it, it's great that the ATP condensed it down to two sets and a breaker because it encourages more players to play. You look at this tournament, for example, Indian Wells. You know, you got Rafa playing, you got Roger playing with Stan, and if we can just get those big names playing, I think it helps a lot. I don't think doubles is sure. ever going to go away because it's a it's a different skill set. 
Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's always going to be there. It's just a different skill set. And we just got to, we've got to keep it going because it's such a huge part of the game. And, um, you know, personally, if it wasn't for doubles, you know, I wouldn't have been able to play very long and I wouldn't have won any major titles. So, you know, I'm a big fan of doubles too. So that is the end of this episode. Uh, before I let you go, I wanted to kind of share my perspective from having talked to so many pro coaches and players and, and media about this topic. Um, so one thing you've heard a lot uh, on this episode is you've heard a lot about the chicken or the egg problem. So uh, what that means, if you didn't catch it, what is, um, does the demand need to be created first or does Tennis Channel, ESPN, and so on need to put it on TV, and then that will create the demand? Uh, And of course, the answer is both, but um, from my perspective, I think waiting on uh, the governing bodies and and Tennis Channel and um, all these media outlets to decide that doubles uh, should be shown more is um, probably taking it out of our own hands. And I think that the players... um, uh, me and what I'm trying to do with the Tennis Tribe, uh, we can all kind of do our part to help uh, get to know these players, help grow their brands, um, and help support uh, professional doubles um, in all here uh, on this episode. So that's my perspective. Um, if you have your own perspective, I'd love to hear it. Uh, you can always email me, will at thetennistribe.com. Uh, and if you want a Watch More Doubles t-shirt that you'll Uh, hopefully be seeing at Indian Wells, Um, you can go to shop.thetennistribe.com and purchase one there. And all of the profits, uh, like I said at the top of the show, go towards supporting and growing professional doubles. So thanks again for listening, and I will talk to you on the next episode. If you're a doubles player, you'll love our weekly doubles newsletter. Every Thursday, we send you doubles tips and strategies to help you improve your game and become a smarter player. When you sign up, you'll get a free 10-page guide on how to play with more confidence and dominate at the net in doubles. You can go to thetennistribe.com to sign up now.